Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 60. My name is Ian McCune, and I'm here tonight with my co-host, Blades of Glory, Tom Smiley, and we're going to talk about Legacy. Blades of Glory is a great movie. Yeah, I was looking for some good Rollerblades of Glory memes, but couldn't put it together. I saw a nice Jackie Chan clip from some, I don't know if it was an American release Jackie Chan movie, but he was in a full Rollerblade suit. <laughs> have you have you have you seen these things? No. So it's got like rollerblades along like the chest and along the back and along the arms and the hands. So like it's like luge, only you're in a rollerblade suit. Bro, that sounds like some thalassophobia shit. So it's like he has limbs all over his body or something. Well, yeah, he was he was kung fuing down a mountain, and it was <sighs> it was great. Yeah, I don't I'll know. Try, I'll try to find the video and post it. You know what I did see, though? I saw that they're making some MTG-themed, like, uh, rollerblade leggings. Did you see this? It was, like, uh, just came out today. It's got, like, Jace and Chandra and Nessa. I did not. I, I, I I'm not big on leggings. It should be, like, a Patreon tier for you to rollerblade in those. <laughs> if they make them in my size. Yeah, man. They're, they're perfect for cosplay is what it said. So, yeah, we had uh, we had a pretty busy weekend, honestly, but we got some housekeeping to do first. We uh, Last week, we forgot to do this, so we had some new patrons. Yeah, we did. We had Stefan Vogel, Kyle Clem, and... Oh, J- James Ogier, right? Yeah, and James Ogier, who was the player who absolutely brutalized me at Niagara in the last round had all of them join our Patreon, so we thank you all very much. Was that World Gorger? That was World Gorger. <laughs> I got I got gorged. Yeah, that that was sweet. We had we had a message sent to us about our cast. I think it was the drunken cast, I could be wrong. But it was the Orum deck, the Pyromancer Ascension combo list. Do you remember talking about this? I do, yeah. So our friend Bob, inventor of Legacy, winner of the Richmond Classic, sent me a message telling me that one of the reasons that that list was sort of developed was the combo, like, the deck can go infinite with an active Pyromancer's Ascension and Noxious Revival with Manamorphos. So you can continue to loop your mana morphos to get infinite mana and infinite cards or as long as your library will allow it yeah so, that, that makes total sense that's like what we were missing when we were looking at it right? i i was too deep in the bag when yeah when we were talking about that one for sure and I, even if i wasn't i don't think i would have got that so i was thank pretty you, sure Bob. we were missing something but i didn't know what so yeah the only other announcement i wanted to make was that game etc for the month of september will be giving away dual land door prizes again Oh, yeah, I retweeted that. That's fucking awesome. And it kind of sucks that I'm not going to be able to go to Atlanta or Syracuse. And I'm going to talk about that a little later. Oh, what the fuck? I told you that. I'm moving. Yeah, no, you told me you were probably out. But I didn't get the dagger. Well, I'm I'm definitely out. All right. My wife told me that. That's fine. Um, But I might be able to make it to gaming, etc. Because I still have magic days in my budget. (laughs) And even though I I don't have travel days, I can I can probably make it to Etsy. Nice, yeah, I'm definitely gonna hit hit up Etsy at least once in September, hopefully more than that. But I'm still trying to go to Syracuse, 
I committed to going to this bachelor party over Atlanta, so that's out. But uh, yeah, the, there's like the the first weekend of September. I feel like I have something. Oh, it's my anniversary technically, I guess. But um, and then the, the weekend after, <laughs> the weekend after Atlanta too. So yeah, we could work something out. Yeah, my uh, so my friend JT, and actually we're like yeah, let's just get into it. My friend JT called me today. And he doesn't play a ton of Legacy, and he is going to uh, to Syracuse. And he called me asking, like, a little bit of advice and whether or not he could borrow a deck. But if you have somebody who hasn't played a ton of Legacy before, and they want to get into it, what would you recommend? I mean, Delver. That's why, that's why the SCGs are so full of Delver, right? Oh, really? You would go with Delver? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Like, as long as you can play good magic, and then you just understand the components of tempo and the card days, like, you can figure, your, you can work your way through Delver matches at pretty, pretty close to optimally, I think. Maybe I don't give JT enough credit. You know JT, right? I don't know. I've never played against him in magic. Okay. I, I know maybe that's is, Maybe but... that's why, maybe that's why you're saying Delver. Oh. I, I immediately went to Blood Moon. Am I am I not giving enough respect to Blood Moon? Yeah, uh, it's tricky, man. I feel like so. It's funny because in, in a way, it's kind of like the lowest, the, the highest floor deck in the format. But in a way, I, I kind of feel like there's there's really a lot, a lot of nuance to like your game twos and threes, like what what you can keep and what you should expect them to be sideboarding. But there's a lot of leveling in the, in the sideboard games. So I do think that you could definitely expect to get like, you know, 12 points or something if you bring Blood Moon just, just on the strength of Blood Moon. But I do think that there's a pretty complex leveling game, honestly, in, in the sideboarding. and Just knowing other people's decks, right? Like how good will Bridge be in post-board games? How good will, you know, should I play around this card or that card? I... I don't know, man. That could be the right answer, honestly. Okay, my second one was Sneak and Show. Yeah, yeah. Sneak and Show is probably a safe bet, too. Okay. So, I started to look up the cards that I was missing from the Blood Moon deck. When the fuck did Trinisphere oh, dude. spike to 60 bucks, and why the fuck is Chrome Mox 40 bucks now? I haven't looked at prices for a month or two, and I was just like, am I looking at the right edition of this? Those are the two cards that I sold to get my Rens. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea when they spiked, but I was like, yeah, the the, the uh, vendors at the GP were like pulling them out and giving me 30s on them. I was like, yeah, I'll bet. I, I don't know when they spiked, but I guess it was probably Karn, the great creator, right? Uh, I I guess it must have been. You should post in a, well, it's restricted in Vintage, but you should post in MTG Finance about it and have them tell you it's because of Commander Demands. <laughs> Fucking legacy moves cards sometimes. All right. Uh, so what else do we got before we get into everything that happened this weekend? So this is just kind of like solidarity with our buddy, our buddy Marcus across the pond. Uh, the fourth quarter, uh, what's it called? Like MTGO playoff. Yep. That you you sort of committed to playing in. Did I say that? Yeah, you were like, oh, no, but I'm going to make the next one. And I said, I don't know if there is a next one because what was it qualified for, remember? Oh, I said I, I wanted to try to make the next one. But then 
I I decided to reinstall WoW to play WoW. Classic. Oh no! Yeah, I I got. Never mind. I can't tell the story. But one night, one night, I I clicked that create no, a character. No. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, dude! Why? Does Why? Somebody, so somebody who I used to play with, she knows. She she gave me a look of disgust. But there were there were like realm recruitment posts where it was like meet your old guildies and plan to play again. And somebody sent me the thread, and a bunch of people looped me back in. So we'll see what happens. So it was like that Call of Duty commercial, getting the gang back together. It was. It was exactly <laughs> like that. I bet, man. So yeah, we we basically you're judging you're judging me right oh, now. Hardcore, huh? bro. Is it so? Does this uh, have to do with with vanilla? Yeah, this is the vanilla thing. That this is like about. this is like going back in time to two thousand and three and two thousand and four. You can't like fix any of your life mistakes, but you can play <laughs> the same video game that you played back then. So you can actually make the same mistakes over. You could. It was actually probably a mistake for me to start playing that game in the first place. So now I'm doing it again. Excellent. Well, I look forward to the uh, the quality content we'll receive. <laughs> but yeah, the MTGO playoff is the same weekend as the lone European Legacy Grand Prix of the year, which I believe is in Bologna. Wizards is great at scheduling. Yeah, this one, this one kind of hurts because... Like I, I was trying to like move it, and there, there's problems with moving it different directions. Maybe somebody's found the right date that they could move it to, but it, it seemed like it would be pretty difficult. And honestly, like nobody kind of expected Bologna to be legacy. It was kind of like a bonus, right? But I do think that you know they obviously deserve it, and they sh- they should have a legacy Grand Prix in Europe. But this might just yeah, be I think, the unfortunate. I think cost. moving moving the fourth quarter online tournament would be way easier right no you you can't you can't move the grand prix no 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 but i'm just saying like it might just be like an unfortunate thing right like it it might not be movable i i yeah i doubt that i doubt that all right yep i i hope that i hope that they can do something about it so i just wanted to uh shout that out real quick but yeah basically we had three big events this, this weekend. Well, the, the challenge is every weekend, but we had a classic. Uh, well, we had a team open and, and a legacy classic down in Richmond. And we also yep. had uh, Eternal Weekend in Asia. I could not find dick about this. I was searching for like at least 20 minutes before we started recording. The, uh, the top eight from Eternal Weekend Asia Legacy. Three slow depths. One Hogak Depths, one Hogak Zombardment featuring Vengevine, uh, one Mono Red Painter that had Snowlands, one Mono Red Prison, and one Sneak and Show. And then expanding on the top 16, we had Ninjas, Tess, two Blue White Blade decks, two Rug Delver decks with Hex Drinker, another Slow Depths, and a Blue Red Omnitel. Yeah, this weekend, Depths broke out pretty hardcore. Yeah, uh, we can talk about this later. I saw some interesting sideboard choices some people were making, but it's pretty clearly like, and we've we've kind of like talked about it the past two weeks, but it's, it's pretty clearly like in the the top tier now, right? 
Absolutely. And it had bounced back and forth between being top tier for a while. It was probably the best non-blue strategy for a long time. And it's it's doing some work now. Yeah, I'm still not totally sold that Black Red Reanimator doesn't belong in that tier too, but but it, it's certainly where where was it in the tier? Like, so the Black Red Reanimator decks fall victim to that. A lot of the time, people show up with decks that, in their mind, they're just not going to lose to a graveyard deck. True. They have an extra piece of graveyard interaction. They might even have an extra two pieces. They overload, and it's. I don't know. It it takes a very special metagame for Reanimator to be able to 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 do it. Yeah. I don't know if it's right now. Did you see that dude uh, Ethan was posting about this this week? He was he. I think he trophied with a uh, blue black Reanimator, uh, just switching Faithless Looting for Careful Study and then playing Show and Tells in the sideboard, which he felt were worth it in this sort of London metagame where you can. Kind of, we're seeing more ley lines, even though it's not like modern or anything. We're seeing more ley lines than we used to. More hard graveyard hate, right? So his logic was that just show and tell is just worth it now. And obviously he he did well with it. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. And the only, he didn't have brainstorm in his list, but he did have days. Okay. I, I have not seen that version of blue black. It's interesting. Yeah, show and tell, I liked it. Sh- show and tell is still super powerful. And with the Delver decks kind of playing like a good stuff game plan, minimizing on the soft counters, we don't see a ton of stifle rug or, or decks like that. Right. It could be a good spot to be. Yeah, I thought Side- that was pretty interesting. Sidestepping graveyard hate post board is uh, going to be very important. Yeah, it got me real bad in round one of the last LAL too. Turn one, show and tell. Oh, post sideboard? Yep. How'd that happen? Uh, two low spells. Uh, yeah, I just I totally didn't see it and got blown out. So yeah, that was uh that was interesting. And Hex Drinker, I think is uh is really cool. I, I've been sorta of high on the card, I guess, for a while, but I think not as high as the Japanese maybe. Yeah, I. You're higher on it than me. <laughs> yeah. It's just got that like "don't tread on me" vibe, you know. It does. It's like, it's like playing a Savannah Lions at screen. Yeah. <laughs> so, that it fits right into your sort of niche in Magic. Bro, speaking of speaking of uh, "don't tread on me," did you see the the air show today? Uh, the Britain, the British, the UK coming and dumping red, white, and blue all over the United States. Wait, what? Is is that what it was? Yeah, that wasn't the US. Bro, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Oh my God. For everybody who's like, what the fuck are they talking about? The British Royal Air Force had their stunt pilots... Do some do some stunt flying over Boston. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that it was the the not the U.S. Air Force. So one of my coworkers, like I was just looking out the window and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is that?" Right? Because they were 
it wasn't like red, white, and blue yet. It was just red, but it was just this big red streak across the sky. And one of my coworkers is like, oh yeah, my son's in the Air Force. He was telling me this was going to be happening today. So I, I just figured it was our Air Force. It was not. Wow. It was, it was the British. Fucking bold of them, huh? It is. It is. Jeez. Now I feel bad because I had this big patriotic swelling of pride. Now I feel like I've, <laughs> feel like I've been lied to now. Anyway. <laughs> All right. I was going to make a comment about the big swelling, but... <laughs> Me too, bro. Not, not anymore. So... <laughs> so, so on, on to either more of this Japanese tournament, which I, other than the Rise of Depths and Hogak actually being a player, there isn't too much more going on here. There's really not. It's just really a big absence of, of blue decks, right? Especially in the top eight, you only see one. Yeah, well, we had we had this happen. Well, I would say TES is T, TES. I guess is in a blue deck in the um, in tenth place or whatever. Yeah, and so ninjas test two blue white and then two rug delver. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess in the top eight, there's only the sneak and show. You're right. But yeah, it's pretty wild. Like, there's definitely a lot of merit to playing non-blue strategies right now. Also, like. Blue-white blade, we can kind of get to that when we get talk about the classic, maybe, but it's really, really popping right now. It's evergreen. Indeed. So the, the classic from Richmond, as you mentioned, was won by Depths. I guess we'd call this medium Depths, which was Bob playing it, unless you, you want to call this on mouse. No, I, I think that's a very fair assumption. So yeah, th- this list seems to have solidified, right? I mean... There's some flex spots. I, like, there's one Sylvan Safekeeper in this deck. With yep. the, with and the, uh, two, two Dark Confidant. Yeah, with the four Reclaimers and four Hex Mage, which is sort of like the staple between the different versions, right? Yeah, well, I think more recent versions have not been playing the Bob because right. of the yeah. interaction with uh, with Ren and Six. But uh, it, it's their flex spots. You have the, the exact core of the deck. Yeah. And um, I don't see anything too crazy. Yeah, two nurturing peatlands, which we've been talking about, and this is a two Sylvan Scrying build, so not the uh, into the north and all that stuff going on. I mean, they're very similar cards, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. But all right, this is uh, yeah, this is obviously a very strong deck. Boz, didn't he play this at the last SCG we went to, like Syracuse or whatever? I thought that he played Delver in Syracuse, but I thought that he played Depths at the Grand Prix in Niagara. Okay. I could be wrong about his deck choices, but uh, I thought he played Depths at Niagara. All right. Yeah, I don't recall, but I, I, I definitely know he's played Depths before it. Yep. So second place, we had Death and Taxes, which we really don't see a whole lot of anymore. Well, okay. So this is another conversation that I was having with JT earlier the only deck he owns is death and taxes the only decks he's played were naya maverick and death and taxes and everybody's like ah oh, death and taxes is dead you can't beat ren death and you don't want to play this deck now it's it's not good but you look at the decks that have been finishing really well lately yep the depths and blood moon is a lot of it right yep and Death and Taxes seems to be pretty good against that field. I know Bob beat this Death and Taxes player 
but it's not a bad place to be. No, I wouldn't think so if you're expecting that stuff. And then the four-color decks are still vulnerable. They're not as vulnerable as they used to be, but they can still be wasted. It's not like... Like, I would hate to be playing against, like, the blue-white blade decks with, with just one Tundra, you know? That that matchup probably sucks. But there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of Prismatic Vista now. When I was looking through these results, like, all the blue-white decks are on four Vistas. And it just seems like there's there's a lot of basic stuff going on in the side that's not, like, the, the pretty quick non-blue decks. So you might run into trouble with not being able to waste people. That's that's my right. primary concern. So you still have you still have port, and obviously like those decks are going to be harder to disrupt their mana. But you're not in you're not in a spot where I would take a look at somebody and say, "Look, Death and Taxes isn't playable." Like he called me because he didn't want to go to the tournament if he was going to have to play Death and Taxes, and I was like, "Listen, you can still play it. It, it probably isn't the best position that it has been, but." If that's your deck, you shouldn't just not play it because you don't think the meta positioning is is where you want it to be. Yeah. In fact, I think its position just got a hell of a lot better with these results. That's my opinion, though. Yeah. I'm, like, kind of high on death and taxes all the time. You pretty much are, yeah. It's a fair yeah. assessment. So, yeah, third we have Mono Red Prison, fourth we have Blue White Stoneblade, and then fifth, I actually saw a top-level podcast release, like, a episode i haven't listened to it yet but is that top level chapin and floris yeah it, it just the title was Bomberman. something about Bomberman being the best deck in legacy okay so i don't know like what that's about like if, if they played an event or something or if they were just reading max gilmore's tweets from eight months ago could be could be i don't know but mystic forge though it was printed pretty recently like you know six weeks ago or whatever yep and it's got to be a house in this deck right yeah uh the ability to cycle through your zeros yeah just off of the top seems insane uh i don't i i have not played this version with mixed mystic forge i know mystic forge is broken in in vintage i i don't know how broken it is here it's probably a great draw engine but you're you're kind of really clogged at the four drop spot. Maybe maybe I'm just looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, what did it have? So actually, it's still the same. It's just added in four th- three fours. It looks like because you still have four mentors and you still have four Karn the Great Creators. They might have played like a Sign of Urza or something before, but I don't really, really. I I thought that they played four Opal and four LED. So they're trimming like one card. Yeah. Yeah. And they trimmed two of their their mana their mana zeros. So I'm not or actually maybe that trim was because of the great creator to be able to not to be able to get your Lion's Eye Diamond out of the uh out of the exile. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause that's how you have like the turn turn three lattice or whatever. But yeah, this is uh this is supposedly a good deck. I honestly haven't played against it since Mystic Forge was printed or if I have, the person hasn't shown me a Mystic Forge yet. So I can't speak to how good it might be now, like how what their go-off rate is on a turn three Forge, but clearly a lot of people think the deck is good right now. Yeah, I 
I would not be surprised if it's just something that's really underexplored. Yeah. So Mystic Forge seems like it could be a card that is just straight up broken. Uh, this would be the shell that it would first start to see play in. So I think it's just more of a watch and see what happens. Yep. So sixth place, we got the Hogak Alter Dementia deck. No Vengevine stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Seventh place, four color Delver, the only Delver deck here, which is well, we see well the only deck in top eight. Yeah, but we see it again in like this. This is a deck that I expect more to be sort of around the Star City um, tournaments. I thought we we're going to see a lot more of it in to the be team honest. in a team open. You do well. I mean, team and and classic, right? Like you expect to see similar decks when you're playing in both. I don't know, man. That hasn't been that hasn't been the uh, the way though. The past few of them, like the the last one specifically, there were like six out of eight of the top eight of the team open were four color Ren decks, and then there was only like one in the top sixteen of the classic. Okay, so are you saying that the four color Ren decks ended up being a better choice because they they didn't see? classic play because they're still playing in the main event i mean that was the same thing we kind of debated last time is like what you know to what degree can you really attribute this to yep it's it's tough to say but this is this is basically the deck that that i've been playing with they have a fiery islet now which i really like big fan of that but yeah other than that it's just this four color delver deck that has awful mana and wins games yeah, we we only saw we saw two of them round out the bottom of the top eight in the team event. Um, a lot more in the through sixteen spot, but yeah. it it was a lot it was a lot of other decks in the team open as well. Yeah, there was there was like one of uh, lands and sneak and show. I remember. Yep, sneak and show was the legacy winning deck. Okay. So yeah, if you want to just hop over to that right now, uh, looks like we got Sneak and Show, Lands, Turbo Depths, Black Red, Rug Delver, Black Red, Four Color Delver, Four Color Delver. Yep. Yeah, man, it's, it's kind of wild. Like we were just talking about how this meta's not really settled, but now it seems like we're we're just seeing across these events the same sort of things going on. Well, I think that we're starting to see the same things happen in the metagames, right? Like, there was a, like, real big push to the four-color decks, and then a push back with Blood Moon, uh, and Depths and Sneak and Show are starting to make their way back now. There's a ton of Sneak and Show in this team open, too. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And Black Red Reanimator, too. There's, there's at least three of them in the top 16. That's true. So yeah, we see also uh, David Long on depths when ninth and second were on lands, and obviously it's a team event, so you can't you can't say anything about that. I just think it's more interesting that David Long, even though it appears that lands did well in a couple seats, still chose to play depths. Yeah, well, he's been on a tear. Yeah, for sure. For the last like, it's not even a tear. He's just consistently good. So yeah. But when he first switched to depths, he he. It was because of Land's positioning, and I wonder if now it's it's still like that Land he doesn't feel Land's is good, 
or if it's or or that he feels that Deaths is better. Right. So it's it's probably that. Yeah, it's just interesting. So yeah, other than that, we see in the uh, in the classic, the top sixteen had two more Deaths decks. We had uh, Jarvis playing Deaths and Romario Neto playing Hogak Deaths. Another another strong votes for Deaths from players who play a lot of Legacy. Yeah, the Japanese event in the top 16, it was like five Deaths. And here it was three? Three, but three of the players that we probably think of as playing most Legacy, so. Yep, absolutely right. Uh, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of like super interesting stuff that I saw. Like any lists I want to really discuss in this. The mono green post list looks cool. Oh, there was one I mean, of the challenge looks, that I was looking at. I didn't... It looks it looks cool. I I don't know if it's great. Oh, is this one like has Golos? Golos too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was is like... this is this like a new tech that we we just didn't catch on to? I've I've cast a lot of Golos. I just got trophy twenty three before we started recording. I I've been casting plenty of Goloses, but. They're obviously not using the back end in this deck, like the uh, the activated ability, which is why it's a house unlimited. But it's it's basically just get a land and put it into play and get a three five body. I'm actually kind of surprised to see it. I, I would think that there were better ways of doing that. Well, it's reusable. You can Caracas it, so you can oh. play it, get a Caracas, and then continually bounce it each turn to get extra land. Yep. That, that. that seems like it's kind of cool. Yep, missed that entirely. That That's a great point. That makes total sense then, because then you're just, you know, getting out. If you need to gain life, you're, you sort of go, like, exponential with your glimmer posts. Mm-hmm. Or if you just need to ramp. Yeah, that, that seems really good, actually. That's, like, uh, something I missed. Well, that's why I'm here. Very sometimes, cool. sometimes, Sometimes I can see things. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, if we hop over to the classic, we had I'm sorry, the challenge. We had Blue White Stoneblade take it down. And this Blue White Stoneblade list, like uh sort of like we've been talking about, it seems it seems to be like just solidified now. Like from the, the past few events. This one has no Narsets, but one Teferi, three Jace, uh, three True Name Nemesis, three Snapcaster, four Stoneforge Mystic, and then uh, like the the very basic heavy mana base that, that we've been seeing. Yeah, this is the same list. The only swaps are Click for Narset. Yep. So I, it's almost the same deck. I really like Click right now yeah it makes I a lot that, of sense if you're i know that saying that with run and six running around it just seems like it's it's not great no it is great but, because it's instant speed like they can't run it on their turn and then you just bring it in and hit run for three okay but generally ren has had if if you are on the draw yeah then they can still take down ren to kill it and i guess it it traded and you had the effect but if um Sorry, if you were on the play, that happens. If you were on the draw, Ren gets Ren gets too high for that, though, right? Yeah. Well, so, wait. Did you say that it's trading with Ren if you're on the play? 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, if they're on the play, then if you don't have any sort of, like, disruption on it, and it doesn't need to answer anything else, like a, like an ambush wipe or a snapcaster or something, then, mm-hmm. then, yeah, they can take it out and have their Ren survive at one. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I like Click because it's more proactive and we're starting to see combo creep back in a little bit. Yeah. And Narset, while good, blue, uh, it, it's not it's not doing great right now. No, absolutely and not. We, we might have said this before when Karn was originally printed and we saw a ton of people playing with that shell, that blue's spot in Legacy was the lowest it's been in a while. Yep. It's even lower right now. Wow, you think so? Because that was like that was like very low fifties. So yeah, in the in the winners meta game, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're probably right. Damn, that's I don't want to talk about. Sad, I don't want to talk about second place. <laughs> this is the exact same list as we, as we talked about the other night. Yeah, every time I see a trickster now, I just I can't I can't take it. Every time I see a. Coral Helm Commander, I'm just, like, triggered. That, it looks badass, right? You got level up <laughs> yeah, counters, kind of you feel like, you feel like you're doing things. Yeah, he's got, he's got good armor, right? Oh, that's, uh, he, what is that in WoW? Is that Godly Plate of the Whale or some shit? I, I have no idea. I'm gonna have to brush up on my armor knowledge in World of Warcraft. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like he might have duped that or something. <laughs> so basically, yeah, the, this is the two vents. Or this is the same list we saw the other night that we talked about. Ad nauseum. So third place, we got post, which we, after seeing so much of it for like a couple weeks, it, it's kind of like a novelty now. Like we, we just sort of don't see it because people kind of adjusted. The Delver decks have more winter orbs now. And yeah. And there's more Blood Moon. There's definitely I guess more Blood this, Moon. This version of the post deck is better against Blood Moon because you're running Monolith and that new key. Yeah. Man, that new key, it, it can do some crazy things with your mana. And uh, Blood Moon is obviously not great for this deck, but it's got the tools to fight through it. Yeah, no doubt. And the new key it's it surprised me man because i played like some supersets against lesko on this deck and it, it surprised me how much the unblockable came up especially with ren and thought not seer mm-hmm. uh it, it really actually does come up a lot more than you'd expect like if people in vintage are like yeah you kind of have to throw it in just because it might come up but it, it's actually come up in the four color ren versus post matchups that we played quite a bit it came up in the match that i played against that deck at the leaving a legacy tournament as well yeah it, it's kind of cool so fourth place poker wizard playing black red reanimator fifth place jpa playing uh blue red show and tell sneak and show there have been a lot of people talking about splashing green not for eureka or going crazy like that but for veil of summer <laughs> just don't say shifting ceratops <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not i'm not I thought about it. I'm not going to. <laughs> but uh, imagine being able to board into a Sylvan Library package. Oh my like, god! With this deck, yeah. How sweet that would be. That's pretty gross. I was I was just thinking about that. Like if you're gonna go deep for Veil of Summer as a splash, why not 
Splash Sylvan Library in this deck. It's it seems like an amazing Sylvan shell. Yeah, I wonder though. Nah, it's probably it's not, it's probably still pretty good. So I was gonna say if you're dealing damage to yourself with ancient tombs and potentially Besejus, and then you have um you want to be able to activate Grizzlebrand still. Yeah. I, I wonder how taxing it is, but it's pro- like versus having another Jace or something, but just the fact that you get it out earlier is probably you, you probably still get at least one free activation. Yeah, and the fact that Show and Tell is like an A plus B combo deck that just getting the looks yep. uh, before each of your turns with the amount of fetches you run would be would be super helpful. Yeah, no doubt. And having something in the blue matchups that isn't red blastable, I don't know. That's huge. It was yeah. it was a thought. It was a thought that I had. So fifth or sorry, sixth place, another blue white deck, very similar to the last one, except two force negation and only one click. And a Supreme Verdict in the main. And yeah, just like just like the previous one we are talking about, four Prismatic Vista again. So yep, re- same same deck. Yep. The swaps were a click for a verdict and a force of negation for a spell snare. And that's it. So yeah, it's pretty cool to see Blue White doing well. I mean, we're not seeing miracles, we're just seeing Blue White Blade, you know. No, and when when the miracles guys Sorry, when the Miracles people are saying Miracles is trash, don't play Miracles. It's not the time to play Miracles, everybody. Seventh place, Strifo, playing Strifo's deck. Nothing uh, nothing crazy that I'm seeing here. It looks pretty much like you'd expect to see from Strifo. Everything is crazy. Hold on. Everything is crazy in this deck, but we're just used to it. Yep. He hasn't gone full Tom Cairns and playing the uh, the Abominable Snowman yet, but... Not yet. Not yet. So, 8th place, we've got Blue-White Blade, but with 6 Planeswalkers. So this has uh, the 5-drop the Teferi mm-hmm. instead of the 3-drop, and then 2 Narsets in the main. But... Yeah, other and also, uh, this is slightly similar... Sorry, slightly different than the other blue-white shells. There are two counter spells that were in those instant flex spots that were Force of Negation and yep. Spell Snare yeah. from the other players. So this is just I kind of like that. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if I like the five drop to Fairy, but access to some number of counter spells seems great. Yeah, five drop to Fairy is pretty strange. I'm not sure why why you would want it right now specifically. I'm I'm also not sure why it's included. Obviously, I understand it is a good card. Yeah, it's a great card, but I mean, it's five mana, so it better be. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it shuts the door on something or closes up a hole in a strategy. In my opinion, it it, it does level. I guess if you're if you're expecting to play against decks in a similar range to you. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't you want the smaller Teferi anyway? Yeah. Like, you yeah, would just you want the other one in play if you were in sort of a mirror match in a similar situation, so... I don't know. I don't know what the matchups specifically are that that card is in there for, but... I would probably start with the other one. Yep. Alright, what else we got? So, I want to talk about this ninth place... This is pretty fucking wild, man. This ninth place deck is, like, the, uh... 
good card, brought a Delver deck with like a Dreadhorde Arcanist and Trinian Nemesis and Goyf and Delver. Yep. And Ren. But take a look at the sideboard. Do you see any... Why are there two Caracas on the sideboard? Any Rug Delver staples in that sideboard? Like, two Caracas? So, I think everything other than the two Caracas is standard. Well, Leyline's not really standard, but yeah. I feel uh, okay, like. you, could, you could have those be surgicals. It, it does a very similar thing. Yep. But... Why Fucking are these Caracas, Caracas here? Bro. I mean, why do why? you think? I mean, Merit Lage, right? Oh, okay. It's gotta be. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah, I thought that that was pretty wild. And I mean... I... I... This is the best we're seeing Delver do, so... Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't you rather have that card be like a Vapor Snag? Where if you play a Caracas, you know that your opponent's going to be able to interact with it on the board. Like, they already they already have their Wasteland interaction... So they probably should be able to shut down your Caracas. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I would personally, I would have gone to Ghost Quarter and Submerge first, but <clears throat> obviously, there's there's something about this, and also with Ren, you can recur it, so it's like they can deal with it, but then you're going to bring it back the next turn too. Yeah, but if they're going to deal with it, they're going to deal with it on their timeline, right? And right. Yeah, but then if you I don't know. if you have some sort of playback like like a Delver Chump or like a um, like a Submerge or, or something else, then you can you can regrow the uh, the Caracas and get them. I don't know, man. I I think that it's worth the, worthy of discussion, obviously. But okay, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I I like Vapor Snag. I like Submerge, yep. and yep. Yeah. especially with with like the. Oh, this is only a one Arcanist deck, so. Well, Arcanist with Submerge. That's not going to help. No. Uh, six, so 16th place. This is really pretty cool, man. This is ninjas. But not like the obscene like ninja decks we've been seeing some people play. Like in uh, deck dumps especially. This is like a, like a slight... Ninjas package with only six of them. Yeah, but but it's still playing four Ornithopter. Exactly. I actually think this is like a sensible ninjas. I, I actually really like this. And they're but it's playing four retrofitter foundry. Well, it also it's playing four Ornithopter. Right. So that you got the ninja synergies on the front end, but then the retrofitter synergy on the back end of that card. But like the Ornithopter, it's not really. It's not really a huge synergy with the retrofitter foundry, is it? Oh shit! Ornithopter's a thopter. Yeah, I assumed it. It was yeah. Yeah, so you can just turn it into a four four. Right. I didn't. I should have realized the ornithopter was an actual thopter. So it's pretty cool. It's like a, a freebie attacker to get your early ninjutsu trigger. Like you don't have to worry about a delver flipping or something like a strix suicide yep. mission. Like you or getting you know whatever getting rend or whatever uh, sort of perilous tricks might be in. Yeah. You just get in with the Ornithopter, bounce it back, and then it's not a dead card because on the back end, you just turn it into a 4-4 for free. Okay. 
Yeah, I could. You could argue that the retrofitter foundries are dead cards. I mean, they're planeswalkers, kind of. Trust me, bro. I played against this card before. That's a bold. That's a bold statement. <laughs> this card. You saw this card putting work against me at the uh, paradise. I did. I, I saw that. It killed you. It's sneaky good. Um. Yeah, I'm glad that you're on board with this. Obviously, when your draw works out to be great, where you, like, play a Foundry and an Ornithopter on turn one, and then you ninjutsu onto the Ornithopter turn two, you're you're in great shape. I just, I don't know how often that happens with something like this. I would say probably 95% of the time. 90, 95% of the time it works (laughs) all the time? Yep. Yep. That it, it's just this list looks tighter to me than than the other ones we've seen. So, okay, I think that um, do you remember going back a couple of weeks? You're like you didn't think that Prismatic Vistas had the effect that you thought it would. Yeah, on Legacy. Do you think that it, it just took some time for people to like work it out? Because well, the, we're seeing the Vista only... all over. Yeah, but we're seeing it. We're seeing it in blue white. Yeah, and we're seeing it in like the four color. Astrolabe, yeah. Astro Astrolabe. Did I say it right? You did. Ah, thank you. Um, but not not much else. Well, it's in this ninja's deck, but yeah, it's in it's in all the okay. two color decks. I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty first place. This deck, uh, Lucky Dragon playing uh, Esper hard hard control really. The only quote unquote win cons that I see in this deck are two Jaces and t- four Baleful Strix that can technically swing, I guess. You can win with Kaya with Rest in Peace. Oh, yeah. Hey, isn't this this Kaya that you said was unplayable? I thought that this was the other Kaya. This is a small Kaya. Yeah. I didn't say that it was unplayable. I thought that I argued. No, I can't remember what I argued, but <laughs> I said that what, I liked it because it answered Chalice. And w- what card? This was this was this card was involved in a bet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What, what was the card on the other side of the bet? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Fuck, I, know, I don't I, remember. I know I had Kaya. Listeners, we need to go back and check this. I don't even know what episode. It was but, whatever the guilds of. Of Ravnica 3.2 was. Is that earlier? Yeah. Good job. We'll find it. We'll find it. Somebody somebody listen. What was this set called, bro? Ra- oh, Ravnica Legions, maybe? That sounds right. Yeah. So, this is the first time I've seen it, though. The three Manakaya show up in a list that wasn't, like, something that Nate was playing. <laughs> and... Yeah, this is, this is super hard control. There's a Kaya's Guile in here. There's three hymns. Uh, I don't really know what to say about this other than that two main deck rest in peace. This is just super hard control, right? Like this isn't really something that we've seen outside of miracles and legacy for a long time. Was I arguing the three cost Dovin? Yes, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, they're both bad. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. So what do you think of this deck? I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I think it's 
fucking awful, but I mean, I mean, it's got it's got good cards. It's got a lot just of think, answers. It's just like it doesn't have any questions, right? Well, the Planeswalkers are the questions, and rest in peace. Rest in peace is great too. Sometimes the Planeswalkers aren't questions though because they don't go anywhere, right? They just they're just all spin wheel planeswalkers and two chases. Well, Kaya does not just spin wheels. Kaya can just nuke them. Right, true. Um all the other ones spin wheels. You're absolutely right. But this deck just spins its wheels. Yeah, I would worry about timing out. Okay. I mean I'm never gonna have to worry about that because I would never play this deck. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's this deck. And I, I just felt, felt like it deserved uh, a moment in the sun. So uh, Let's pour one out. Pour one out for Lucky Dragon. Great job, bud. What's your favorite board game, bro? My what? Your favorite board game. Oh, okay. Um, Probably Agricola. You're supposed to say Risk. Oh. 26th place, you got You Risk playing most bro look at this list it's, it's so clean it is pretty clean i like the one winter orb i like the one of everything there's just one of every creature it's just like a, the, the total fauna shaman package would man registering this deck in paper must be a gigantic pain in the butt i'm getting writer's cramp just thinking about that shit. yeah that's some crazy shit yep and we see a lot of cards, a lot of recent cards. Lazab the Multifarious. Uh, Tradewind Rider, not a recent card. <laughs> Oofy. Tradewind Rider is a card that Rodney and I had talked about playing in this deck when we, we had him on. Yeah, I played Tradewind, Tradewind Rider in like standard in the four color green decks with Uktabi, Orangutan, Me and too, Mana bro. War. Yeah. And Necrotal. You remember that? Love it. It's basically like this deck from way back in the day. Yeah, kind of. This deck is way better, though. Yeah, obviously. But yeah, there's still a lot of the cool stuff that we liked about the deck before, like Mariki Barrett. That was like my favorite card in this deck by far. Peacekeeper. My favorite My favorite card is Spore Frog in the sideboard. Dude, that card That card would go infinite when you got that uh, the green rare in, in uh, Horizon's Draft. What the fuck is that card called? The, the recursion green guy? Uh well you got a Marin here. Yep. That you can do that with, but I don't know I don't know the one you're talking about. Yeah, I forget what it was, but it was like a similar to a Marin, but actually not as uh not as good, honestly. Marin's just better probably. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sporefrog Sporefrog is an old card, right? Uh yes. Alright. I I don't know what original set that it was in, but it's old. Yep. So yeah, this deck was really cool. It's cool that people are still trying to play it and doing reasonably well with it, obviously. It was in Prophecy. There you go. So yeah, the, just the last deck I wanted to highlight was 30th place. This is a, a blue-green uh, sorry, a blue -green Omni deck with four Dig Through Time. Drawn from drawn from dreams. That's the one. Yeah. So I like this effect, obviously. I don't like it at four mana. Um It feels clunky as hell playing it, honestly. Yeah. 
It's got dickfish. <laughs> dickfish? Dickfish. Is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, for us listeners in the car, just look at the artwork when you stop. Okay, Noah Bradley should be ashamed, bro. That's not Noah Bradley, is it? I don't know. I just assume all these fucking oh. CGI cards are Noah Bradley. <laughs> um, Three Villa Summer so, in the main, though. Fucking yes. Yeah, we're talking talking about that green splash. <laughs> um, is there a Sylvan Library anywhere in here? No, probably not. Probably not, no. Uh, but Carpet of Flowers, yeah. I don't know. I, w- I would want some Sylvan Libraries if I was doing this. Drawn from Dreams, man. I don't know. I guess this deck of all decks can, like, hard cast it. You're playing into all your opponent's soft counter magic, but maybe you want to, like, bait that out with hard casting your drawn from dreams, and yeah, then on the next turn, yeah. you get to, like, show with backup. Yep. So, that that's reasonable. It almost makes me want to play a Leyline of Anticipation, just to be able to do this at instant speed. Mm. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't make me want to do that. But with Carpet of Flowers... Actually, hard casting that spell through all of your opponent's resources yeah. seems like it would be fine. Yep. So, again, we're not seeing a great showing from blue lately, but the show and tell seems okay right now. At least somebody's trying to make it happen. Yeah. Also, uh, 31st place. I didn't notice this when I was looking at this, but I guess we should mention technically sneaking into the top 32. Former guest of ours, Adam Wallace. Breaking, breaking the, no, sorry, the Encore shell and sideboarding into Blue White Stoneblade. Yep. You see the sideboard? I do. Four True Name, Four Swords, a Palace Jailer, and some other stuff. How much does that sidestep, like, I'm trying to think about, like, the hate that you bring in for, uh, for, like, a Cephalid breakfast sort of deck. Well, I mean, you just bring in Graveyard Hate, right? Yeah, and we're, but I mean, like, if you have a Fatal Push, you bring it in, you know? Like, whatever your extra removal is. But I guess True Name sidesteps up. But, like, he kind of is protected against that, because the stuff he's bringing in, the threats he's bringing in are Lingering Souls and True Name, which, like, spot removal aren't good against. So, I, yep. I actually do like how that lines up. Yeah, and Deputy of Detention and Palace Jailer. Yep. Like, you get to play some, some two-for-one guys and bring out all your uncastable combo stuff. Obviously, he's put a shameful amount of thought into this. Shameful. I guess he's from he's from Maine. They have plenty of time. So, give give him a real man of genius. No, that was a one time only thing. Do I need to go like get a clip of the actual? Hold on, YouTube, because I'm not singing it this time. So somewhere in the middle of shitting on Cephalid Breakfast, we lost Tom. His internet went out. We're not sure. We're looking into allegations that might have been a hacker from the state of Maine who took out his internet. But basically, you guys are stuck here with me now doing the rap on the show. And we're going to talk about M20 Limited. We're talking about some strategies for drafting white. A lot of people think it's unplayable. And uh, I'm not actually going to talk about this. Uh, my Twitter is at Ian18125. If you want to get a Tom to tell him that he's a Goldberg and not a Fulton, T Smiley MTG, maybe? Or maybe T Smiley 7. And then if you want to find the cast, Dead Format Cast, you can send an email to the cast, deadformatcast at gmail.com. I think that's all the stuff we usually say.
And that's a wrap.